Welcome to Real Testaments. The messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Amen. So let's quickly go to the word. Um, this is the third Sunday. I will be talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I know that you have learned some few things and uh, will continue to learn. Life is a learning process. You know, you, you don't know everything in one day. The more you, you look at the world, the more God gives you revelation about himself. You know, God told Moses, when Moses said, I want to see you, and God told him to come to the cliff, and when God passed by, he was only able to see his back. He couldn't see his face. He said, no man can see my face. The day you see my face, that day you cease to be immortal. It means that as a mortal, you don't have the, the power and the tendency to see God. But the more you hear from him and the more you experience his divinity, the more your life begins to change. So that's the way it is. So the more we learn about the Holy Spirit, we learn about Christ, the more we hear God's word, the more our life begins to change. And I can assure you, as you know, where you are now is different from where you were last year. You have grown. That's the way the Spirit of God works. The more you hear his word, the more you grow in your spirit. The Bible says, as newborn babes, you should desire the sincere meek. The word of God is like a milk that a baby used to take. So the more the baby is taking that milk, the more the baby begins to grow. So the more you study the word and hear the word, the more your spirit man is elevated and continuously grown or grows. Praise the Lord. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Today we'll be looking at the roles of the Holy Spirit. I delve into that last week when I talked about the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Did you enjoy last week the characteristics of the Holy Spirit? Great. So I finished the characteristics of the Holy Spirit and I delve into the roles of the Holy Spirit, more like the functions of the Holy Spirit, but I didn't finish it up because of time. So I'll just take it from there. So we'll talk about the roles of the Holy Spirit. Then we'll talk about one other matter that has to do with the Holy Spirit, which is the truths about the Holy Spirit. So I'll try as much as possible to be brief so that um, I can finish up what we have on the plate today. All right. So the roles and functions or responsibilities as it were of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 24 verse 49. Please can you display for me. Thank you. And I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you to stay, so stay here in the city until the mighty power of heaven falls upon you and wraps around you. Now, if you go to, what is the promise? You know, Jesus kept talking about, when Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit, if you read the book of John chapter 14 especially, and if you go to 15, you know, all through John 14, 15, 16, 17, when Jesus was wrapping up his ministerial assignment and he was talking strongly about the Holy Spirit. You know, he used, he, he, he used the word promise. So Jesus was only reenacting what God was going to do. So he referred the Holy Spirit as the promise of God. So if you go to Joel chapter 2, for example, Joel chapter 2 verse 28, let's look at that scripture. So I can throw in some context here. Joel chapter 2 verse 28. I know that is a popular scripture that we quote a lot. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Now, let me be honest with you. This is one of the scriptures that has been wrongly interpreted in Christianity. Because we interpret it verbatim. So we use the word vision and we begin to explain vision. We use the word dreams and we begin to explain that's not 
It's not totally correct. It is not absolutely correct. That's the word I want to use. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Let me show you something there. Acts chapter 2, um, it was quoted. It, this scripture was requoted. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. This is what I would do in the last days. So in the last days, what God promised to do is this. I will pour out my spirit on everybody. On everybody. So when the Bible uses the word, your sons, your daughters, and the old men, is referring to all of you. So it's not a matter of saying, you begin to distinguish them. Okay, the young men, this is what you should do. The daughters, this is what you should, you should only prophesy. Oh. The young men, you should only see vision. Oh. The old men, you, you should only dream. Oh. That's the way a lot of folks have break, broken it down. That is not true. That's why I said, yeah, it is, let me not use the word, it's not true. It is partially correct. I think I will be fair to use that because I will be, Conscious of my word. So it is partially correct, not absolutely correct. So the writer in Joel, you see, when people write, they write based on their mentality and their understanding. So when the Bible, when the Bible says, Thou have, what is the man that thou art mindful of him? For thou have made him a little lower than the angels. When they were translating that scripture, the guys who were translating it based on history, the word that was used there is that has made him a little lower than Elohim. Elohim is a name of God. For example, in the beginning, the Bible says God created the heavens in Genesis chapter 1. God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. The word God is translated Elohim. In the Torah, or in the Talmud, in the, in the, in the uh, Jewish book, God is usually referred to as Elohim. There are different names for God, right? And one of the prominent names for God is Elohim. It's very prominent, right? So when the Bible uses the word Elohim, it's referring to God, and it also means our eternal creator. Eternal creator. So when those guys were translating it, based on the understanding that they had, they said, how can man be a little lower than Elohim? And so they said, it has to be angel. So they put it in there. There are a lot of things. Maybe if God gives grace, I'm going to explain to you some areas that we need to look at so that when you, you have a better understanding of it. So basically, that's what he was talking about. He said, that has made him a little lower than he, you, God. That's a little lower than Elohim. Right. So the writer in the book of Joel just broke it down to say the young men will do this, the daughters will profess that. He just broke it down. But give me that same scripture again. It's good we deal with matters like this so you have a very robust understanding. So what the Bible was saying is that in the last days, the promise of the Father is that everybody will what? Receive the Holy Spirit. Will receive what? The Holy Spirit. Everybody, everybody, and cause your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Now, the word prophesy here actually means to have a divine inspiration to say things that has to do with tomorrow. So you are divinely inspired to say things that has to do with tomorrow. Now, listen to this. The prophecy he's talking about is not you ring bell. You wear white cloth and you are dancing up and down. That's not, that's not the prophecy he's talking about. The prophecy is that you are 100% sane and you are saying stuff that has to do with tomorrow based on the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will have the ability to say things that has to do tomorrow. For example, one of the divine powers we have through the Holy Spirit is to be able to say stuff about our lives. For example, Pastor Ruth preached a powerful message here. I think you guys should go and listen to that message online. Very powerful message on Wednesday about the words of your mouth, what you say. Now, the reason it's like that is because of the power that you carry. 
So you can say, by this time tomorrow, I will have this. By this time tomorrow, I will do this. You can, you can, you can prophesy into your life based on what you want to happen. You can say, by this time next year, I will have a child. By this time next year, I will be married. By this time next year, I will have so and so amount of money. So you, you can say, so that's what the Holy Ghost does. The Holy Ghost says, I mean, the Holy, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, it gives you the power eh, under his inspiration for you to be able to prophesy. Prophesy, that is prophecy, to say things under his inspiration about what you want to happen. So a, a very clear picture was when there was famine in the, in the land in Israel. And the prophet came and said, by this time tomorrow, this is what will happen, this is what will happen, this is what will happen. A carnal man doubted and said, even if God is to open the windows and everything of heaven, it will not happen. But at the end of the day, it happened. It did not happen. It happened through four through lep, um, uh, lepers, some lepers. They were sitting, in this, sitting down and they said, if we go into this, uh, at the city gate, if we go into the city, we will die because there's famine in there. But let us go into the enemy's camp. So they were giving the idea to go into the enemy's camp so that they can go and, you know, maybe beg for food. But they, as they were going, their steps and their feet became thunderous. And the enemies ran away and left their food. That was how, when they ate and ate and ate, they were so tired, they now went back and told the king, ah, there is enough to eat here. That was how, that was how they went and they took spoils they brought home. So what am I saying today? When the Bible says that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, it means that you, you have the capacity, the propensity to be able to under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to be able to say things about tomorrow that you want. Somebody with me this morning. So when he says your young men shall see vision, he's saying that you also have the capacity and the propensity under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to be able to see far. What is vision? Vision is the ability to have foresight. There is difference between having eyes and the ability to see. The ability to see is called sight. There are a lot of people whose eyes are open. I mean, naturally, their eyes are open, but they cannot see. Are you, are, are you with me? Their eyes are open, but they cannot see. So the Bible is saying that because of the Holy Spirit, you have the capacity to have foresight. So you can see what will happen in the next 10 years. You can see what happened in the next 20 years. You have foresight. You can see. Praise the Lord. So that's what it means. It now said your old man shall dream dreams. It means that everyone has a place. When the Holy Ghost comes, it, 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 it gives you that inspiration to be able to dream, to be able to prophesy and see vision. Basically, that's what it is. What is dream? Dream is when you are able to conceive. Listen. It's not talking about when you are doing like this, you are sleeping, you are in a dream world. It's beyond that. You see, when you study the scripture, don't use your natural, you know, vibration to break it down. Use the eyes of the spirit to break it down. So when the Bible says, your old man shall dream dreams, he's saying, you have the ability to conceive ideas. You have the ability to conceive ideas that you can birth. Everything you see in the world today came from somebody. The microphone that I'm holding, these beautiful flowers, this speaker, everything, including the pulpit, the phone, everything. All the innovations in the world came from somebody. So the Bible is saying, in the last days, I will release an unction. And the Holy Spirit will descend on everyone. That you, me, everyone listening to the sound of my voice, you have the capacity to conceive an idea. And you will give birth to it. That's what it means by to dream. To dream. Let me, let me shock you. The richest men in the world are rich because they conceived an idea 
and they bettered it and they sold it. Very important. You need to have an idea. Once you have the idea, you conceive it. Conceive means you have put it inside your incubator, inside your womb. You have thought about it. You have looked at it. You have, you know, you know when a baby is in the womb, it takes nine months. Inside the womb, the baby is growing. The baby is growing. So after nine months, the baby comes out. That is the idea that has been bettered. So if you have an idea, what do you do? You conceive it, make it to grow, and you now give birth to that idea. Like a product. You give birth to the product. The next thing is to how do I package and sell this idea so that I can have commercial values for it? I always say this. The reason people are poor is because most times they are mentally lazy. They are mentally lazy. So, as I'm speaking to you, it is the function of the Holy Ghost to conceive inside of you an idea. To conceive an idea. Do you know that when you are praying, when you are praying, what God does to you is to give you an idea. Immediately, he will drop a word in your spirit and say, go and do this. He will drop a word in your spirit and say, go and see this person. He will drop a word in your spirit, go and call this person. Basically, it's an idea, it's a thought. Ideas are thoughts. It's very simple. It comes inside your spirit. You begin to incubate it. And the next thing, you give birth to it. Once you give birth to it, you want to see it grow. You want to see it grow. So that is what the Holy Ghost is going to do to us. That is the function of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost tells you, how old are you? You are 18 years old. The Holy Ghost tells you, why don't you go to school and do a four years course? After that, go and do masters in this same discipline. After that, come out and maybe try and do this, try and do that. It's an idea. The same way, the Holy Spirit can minister to you and say, don't go to school yet. Go and do this, go and do that. The Holy Ghost speaks. Recall, I told you that yesterday. What the Holy Ghost does is to speak to your heart. Listen, it is not only evangelism the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. A lot of you think that the Holy Spirit is only pushing you to pray. Evangelism. Or you are going to win souls. It's one of the functions of the Holy Spirit. So when the Bible says, and you shall receive power, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost have come upon you. The power is all-encompassing. You must understand that. Like I said, the reason why a lot of Christians are struggling in all areas of life or any area of life, it is because of the message of initial that they have received. If the message is not correct, the concept will also not be correct. And if the concept is not correct, the mentality will not be correct. And if the mentality is not correct, your lifestyle is what will suffer it. It's just like if you eat the wrong food, it's your body that will suffer it. So the reason why a lot of people are living the way they are living is because of what has entered before. And so it's affecting their behavior. So when you don't hear Holy Spirit, now only prayer, they calm your mind. Once you hear Holy Spirit, now, oh, you want to tell me, make I give my shoe to somebody. Once you hear Holy Spirit, you want to tell me to go and win a soul. This is part of it. It's fine. But you see, the Holy Spirit is interested in you getting rich. The Holy Spirit is interested in you growing in all aspects of life. So he gives you an idea. So when the Bible says in the last days, I will pour my spirit on everybody, it means that you have the capacity, the propensity, the ability to dream. You will put that dream in your incubator or in your womb and you now work on it and you now give birth to it. You now give birth to it. Listen, we are living in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. You have to take advantage. Life is about taking advantage. You take advantage of the situation. 
It's very important. People are rich, for example. I don't know why I'm talking about wealth this morning. Somebody wants to be a multi-millionaire. Listen, nobody gets rich by getting charity. If they always give you money, give you things, you will never be rich. It's the truth. People who are rich, they are rich because they have a product that they are selling. Or they have a business that they are doing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, what the Holy Ghost wants to do is to inspire you so strongly that you have the ability to do stuff and make you great. Hallelujah. So, let's go to John chapter 16, verse 13 to 14, very quickly. So, I needed to give that foundation. So you can rely on the power of the Holy Ghost. John chapter 16, verse 13. How be when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you in all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Go to 14 for me. He shall glorify me, for he shall, he shall, he shall, he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. So number one, like I mentioned very briefly last week, the Holy Spirit reveals Christ in us and glorifies Christ. The Holy Spirit glorifies Christ and he reveals Christ in us. So everything you do, the Holy Spirit points you to Christ. The Holy Spirit points you to Christ. Hallelujah. Very important. Then number two, the Holy Spirit teaches the believer everything the believer needs to know. Let's go to Acts Sorry, let's, okay, I've, read, I've mentioned Acts 1. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. The Holy Spirit teaches the believer everything the believer needs to know. I'll tell you a very funny story. Maybe it's not too funny, but I'll tell you. When the Bible is talking about the Holy Spirit will teach you all things, it's not only scripture. You see... The problem we have as believers is that we have been inside the box for a long time. You hear of thinking outside the box. But the deal is this. There is no box. For the child of God, it's not thinking outside the box. You have been placed in a box, I agree, because of what you have been taught. But I am telling you that there is no box. Thinking without the box, that is the way we are thinking now. Yes. If it's not on Google, I've invented that. Thinking without the box. There is no box. When the Holy Spirit, listen, it's not only when you open Bible, you say, Holy Spirit, teach me. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. All things. Let me share this testimony. I didn't know how to drive. So, I was made National Executive Officer of CFI. And part of the responsibility is for me to drive around all the campuses in Nigeria. In the north, east, south, everywhere. I looked at the map, chapters scattered ab abroad. But before then, I was made the Assistant National Secretary. So, I was the one traveling and doing stuff. But I was using public transportation. So a year after that, I was made the national executive officer. So I was the overall boss for CFI that time. So I needed to move. I didn't know how to drive. So a car was handed over to me, and I said, wow, this car, we couldn't use it. So the car, sure, I didn't even say the car, but we couldn't use it. So I prayed with my assistant, Sam Obad, and said, we need another car. And we prayed. Immediately we prayed. Somebody just called. A few days later, somebody just called and said, there's somebody that wants to sell a car. I will look at the price. It was a good deal. Immediately, we ran to worry. Before we got there, they said, ah, the car has been sold. I said, wow, this is a good deal. We would have gotten this car. As we were in the house, two days later, we, we heard that the person who was to buy it, whether I returned the money, I don't know what happened. She had the story around it. And the man said, do you have the money now? Do you want the car? I said, yes, we have the money. Everything, opportunity, 
we bought the car, we drove, Sam drove the car to Benin. I needed to drive. I didn't know how to drive. Sam said, okay, I will teach you. Went, will teach me. Teach me. Ah, but you know, it's not easy. Driving is not that easy. Oh. Except your spirit and your mind is inside. I said, no, I must. I gave my passion and my spirit to it. I said, I must learn how to drive this car. It just dawned on me, based on the remor that I have about the Holy Spirit for a long time. Why don't you pray and ask the Holy Spirit to teach you? So man has done his own. To be honest, like I said, the story might sound funny. But I went on my knees. I said, Holy Spirit, teach me how to drive. It was that serious. I said, teach me how to be a professional driver. And I took the car. And I started driving. It was showing me ideas. When you get to the junction, you say, mash your brake here. I will march. You say, turn, I will turn. I was, I was moving. Then one day, I woke up. I needed to go to my alma mater. I graduated from Ambrosali University. I needed to go there. My colleague, my friend, who graduated together, was in the car with me. I said, we're going to school today. I entered the road. I went out, got to school, came back. And the guy said, you really impressed me with your driving. I just learned. I was not starting. He said, you really impressed me with your driving. I said, if only you know how far. It's the Holy Spirit. But he said, when we were going, there were a lot of blunders. We made a lot of mistakes. I, I said, yes, for the first time. But when we were coming back, you did well. I received the criticism and the compliment. Then, just a year or two after, my predecessor was handing over. And he said, I want you to be my best man. I said, wow, good. And he was my guy, my main G. So, where is the wedding? Kano. And my other guy said, we want to go to the wedding as well. So I put the car in order. We drove from Benin to where? To Kano. So I was in the car, matching this vehicle. We're going. So the idea was that we'll get to a certain place like Lokoja. My guy, Sam, will drive and take the journey to the next level. But I noticed that when we... I took the car to the mechanic because the stereo was a little bit having some space, some gap. So I, I, I could maneuver. I could maneuver the car very well. So by the time we got to Lokoja, Sam couldn't drive. We got to, yeah, we got to Lokoja, Sam took over. But he couldn't drive because the stereo was not flowing. He nearly hit a vehicle. Sam, if you are listening to me, I know you understand. So he nearly hit a vehicle. And the guy who was with us, there were about two other guys in the car, I think uh, Pastor Sass or Bass, you know, and one other guy, and Sass said, ah, I'm not comfortable with your driving, Sam. And he said, Richard, please take over. Sam parked at Guagalada. I entered the vehicle. I took the car to Kano. Coming back all the way from Kano, I took it to Benin. Sam said, Richard, I taught you how to drive, but I can say clearly that you drive more than me. That was what he said in the car. But it was the Holy Spirit. I'm giving, I'm giving the Holy Spirit the credit and the glory. Holy Spirit, you know how I prayed, and you answered my prayer. <laughs> what am I telling you today? What are you struggling with? Your struggles are supposed to be over. The day you became born again. If you understand the truth about the Holy Spirit. Even in relationships. Are there relationships you are struggling with today? Ask the Holy Spirit to fix it for you. He's a gentleman. He doesn't have an issue. The Bible says do not grieve him. Meaning that when he tells you to do something, do it. If you have an issue with your wife, let the Holy Spirit fix it for you. You have an issue with your husband, let him fix it for you. If there is a habit in a relationship you don't like, let the Holy Ghost handle it. The reason why we struggle as believers is because we want to do everything by ourselves, and it's wrong. You don't have the makeup 
to do everything by yourself. That's why Jesus told them in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, like we read, he said, tarry, the word tarry is from the Greek word. It means to stay. He says, stay here until you are endowed with power from on high. What is that power? The promise of the Father. That's what he said. He said, the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. In short, when I was reading this place, the Holy Spirit struck me. He said, the, this, the thing is this. Anybody that gives his life to Christ, because you need to first of all believe. Once you give your life to Christ, the next thing is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's the next thing. The reason why believers are struggling is because they don't understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit. They think that the Holy Spirit is one big guy who does not understand their feelings. The Holy Spirit understands your feeling. There was a time I was not understanding how I was feeling. I knew that the, the feeling was about lust. It wasn't about love and grace. I prayed and I said, Holy Spirit, I hand over my life to you. Please, take care of my body. Take care of my body. You need to surrender. It's, it's, it's called dying to the flesh. How do you die to the flesh? You die to the flesh where you surrender to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of flesh today. When I hear people say, I don't feel like it. I, it's all about you. When everything is centered about you, there's a problem. I have an issue with that. Why do people always get angry? Most times, the reason a lot of people get angry is because of how they feel about themselves, not how God feels about them. It's how they feel about themselves, not how God feels about them. And how they rate their neighbor, how they rate their brother. So the Holy Spirit teaches us about in 2 Corinthians, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Did you flash that scripture? Let me quickly read it. I, brethren, when I... Now... We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are what? Freely given to us. So it is the function of the Holy Spirit to show us the things that are freely given to us. Recall, in the last days, when the spirit shall come, you shall have what? Vision. Ability to see. Ability to see. So if you are living in a dispensation where there is so much knowledge, but you are, also, you are so ignorant of the things that are happening, it's your fault. It's like you are inside the sea and soak there your eyes. It's a problem. It's an aberration. You cannot be inside the sea or inside the ocean or inside the river or inside the well, a large body of water, and you are struggling to remove soap from your eyes. It's not, it doesn't make sense. So we are in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, which means we have the ability to learn, ability to know. So if you are listening to the sound of my voice through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit this morning, what you are supposed to be saying is the Holy Spirit teach me. I want to know. Holy Spirit teach me. I want to know. The Holy Spirit is our counselor, our helper, our intercessor, our advocate, our strengthener, our standby, our comforter, our consular, the word advocate is from the Greek word parakletos. Parakletos means to be someone who is on standby. To be somebody who is consoling you. Pastor Kingsley, come. Parakletos. I like this. This is the function of the Holy Spirit. A lot of you are struggling. You don't know. Kingsley is my guy. Um... Pastor Patrick, come. Pastor Patrick is also my guy. They stress me. Does they give me wahala? Then, sorry, sorry, I never briefed Kingsley with it to do. <laughs> See, you will resemble Holy Spirit. Says that's yellow. <laughs> Paracletus, the advocate. Kingsley, what you are going to do? He will be stressing me. You will be saying, "Calm down. I'm here with you. All things will be fine." Does they give me moral support? You understand me? Does they ward me off and all of that? All right. Let's go. <laughs> they stress me. 
You said leave 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 You said leave too much. Hallelujah. That is how life is. There is something dragging you here. Bills to pay. You look at how much you get. You just oppose them with the bill. You don't reach anywhere. You know, most times, our resources, financial resources, they short like this. The bills, they bust ceiling. You are aware of that, right? Issues of life. The struggles in your mind and in your spirit, everything is killing you. So, these things are things that are dragging you. But the Bible uses the word paracletos. We have an advocate. What he does is on standby. Hallelujah. He's on standby telling you it will be well. Remember what the scripture says. Jesus was talking. He said he will bring all things to your what? That I have told you to your remembrance. Remember I have told you that you have eternal life. And eternal life is not only where you die. It's now. Remember, you will not die. You will live to declare the glory of the Lord. The Holy Spirit will be consoling you. Remember what I told you the last time you were praying. That by this time next year, God was going to answer this. He's going to be telling you all of that. But you know the problem? Two problems. Number one, we don't even know that he's there on standby. Number two problem is that we know he's there on standby, but we know they listen to Ram. We know they listen to Ram. We think it's only the pastor that has the Holy Spirit. No, we all have the Holy Spirit. Somebody who is born again, a correct guy who, my colleague, we work together. When we are in the car, sometimes we, go, we share scriptures, we are just a fantastic guy. And he reports to me. He came and he said, I have to open up to you. I said, what's up? He said, I have received an offer. He showed me the offer letter. Showed me how much they were to pay him. But he said he has prayed. But his spirit is not agreeing to take the offer. The offer was a little percentage above what he was currently earning. But he said, I'm not happy. I'm not excited about it. This is something I should jump into because God knows that I need extra income. He got married, got a son. You know, salary not increase, but expenses increase. I said, since you have prayed, be led by the Holy Spirit. To call the long story short, in a few months' time, eh, his salary was stepped up. And the last time we were talking, I called him. I said, remember that offer? He said, yes. I said, Alpha, what has what just happened? I said, man, now it better pass the better part what was given to him. I said, if you have not listened to the Holy Spirit. It's not everything that glitters is gold. But let me tell you, the thing that glitters that is more than gold is when you hear the instruction of God and you obey. And you obey. And you obey. I can give you countless testimonies. The Holy Spirit is on standby, asking you, guy, waiting to happen. Let's talk. But you're not ready to talk because, you see, the flesh is very, very noisy. If there's anything that is very noisy, it's the flesh. The flesh is always talking, disturbing your ears. The Holy Spirit is like a still, small voice that comes to you when you are quiet. I always tell people, when there is wahala, everybody they talk, maybe on, on, on social media. Please don't participate. If there is pandemonium, something has happened, and everybody is throwing their anger. This one talk this, this one do this, this one did everybody. Please just keep quiet. The Holy Spirit is not there. The Holy Spirit is not in where there is a wahala, or there is a problem, or there is confusion. It doesn't operate in that atmosphere because he's a gentle spirit. He's a gentleman. He comes like a still small voice to say, do this. Just calm down. I always tell people, don't take a decision when everywhere the roof is about to go off. That is what the devil does. The devil is always in a hurry. He will always run to ensure that things scatter. What the Holy Spirit does when things are calm. When things are calm. Have you noticed? When your emotions don't calm down, 
you they reason properly. Now that time you go say, ah, if I say I know I for not talk that thing, you know? if I say I know I for not behave like that, then you go to your spirit self. Not the Holy Spirit now they talk, talk to you, your own spirit. Go they tell you, say, boy, you, you're not trying, you didn't do well. That's how I see it, that's how it is. The Holy Spirit is on standby. Let us learn to respect him and to re- rely on him. So his name is Counselor, Comforter, Helper, Intercessor, Advocate, Strengthener, Standby. The Holy Spirit will convince the world of sin. John chapter 16 verse 7. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says, We do not know what to pray as we ought to pray. But the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be altered. So it is the function of the Holy Spirit to help you to pray. That is why I learned to speak in tongues. If I don't feel like praying, what do I do? I speak in tongues and it takes over. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit dwells in the believer and fuels the believer. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. The Holy Spirit is the source of our revelation, wisdom and power. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. The Holy Spirit is the seal of the believer. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Give me Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Let me quickly read it. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. And also, show me Romans chapter 8. Okay, you put it just now. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Okay, great. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Great. In whom you have also trusted, also that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, in whom also that you believe. You were sealed with the spirit of what? Of promise. What is the spirit of promise? The spirit of promise is the Holy Spirit. The spirit of promise is what you have been sealed with. What does it mean to be sealed? Oh, yeah, yeah. I wish I have time to deal with this. When God wanted to seal the covenant he had with Abraham, what did he do? He said, you are going to circumcise every male child in your family. Every male child. Seal means to cap it up, to, 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 um, to rectify the covenant. So the covenant that Christ, because see, the covenant that we are operating under is not the covenant of Abraham, the Old Testament. We are operating under the covenant of Christ. It was Christ that shed his blood. We are not the one that shed blood. The first covenant, we were the one that God used to ratify it. Now our blood, are you getting what I'm saying? It was our blood he used for the ratification. That's the essence of, of, of circumcision. In the second covenant, it was the blood of Christ that was used for the ratification. So... What did he use to seal the, the, the covenant? He used the Holy Spirit. So when you pray, you say, Father, thank you. The Holy Spirit is my seal. The Holy Spirit is my seal. Hallelujah. That's why in the new covenant, there was nothing you had to do. It was Christ that did everything from start to finish. Christ did everything. He shed his blood, put the seal there. He did everything from start to finish. So, you, the Holy Spirit is your seal. Say, the Holy Spirit is my seal. Hallelujah. This is deep. The Holy Spirit is my seal. Give me, lastly, let's read this scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. I'm done with the function and role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is my seal. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmity. This is deep. Why did the Bible use the word infirmity? The word infirmity is also from the word weakness. It's also from the word inability. Inability is when you don't have the ability to do something. So the Bible says that the Holy Spirit helps you when you are not able to do stuff. He said, for we know not what we should pray. We don't know what we are going to pray. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession. For us with groanings which cannot be altered. It is the function, listen to me. It is the function of the Holy Spirit to pray for you. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit intercedes for you. So it is not about sin. It's about what the Holy Spirit is supposed to do. So infirmity means that, okay, how do I explain this? We are, you have babies. I like to use physical example. For example, Pastor, okay, Pastor Ye, I, I don't call your name before. Pastor Ye, listen, no, stand up. 
you have three children, right? And each of them lived with you when they were born, right? Now, when, let's assume Dubain, for example. Dubain is your first, right? Dubain, for example, when he started learning, the Bible said he didn't have the ability to walk. But when he stood up, he fell down. He decided to hold a chair. He stood up holding a chair, something shook, he fell down. That is inability. That is weakness. That is infirmity. Do you know what I'm saying? He didn't have the ability to walk. He was trying to walk. In the process of trying to walk, he was always falling down. That is what the Holy Spirit does for us. We are trying to stand. We are trying to do stuff. We are not able to. You are trying to build your character. You are not able to. You are trying to build your mentality. You are not able to. But what the Holy Ghost does is to see that you stand. Is to see that you stand. So stop struggling. That is why when people come and say, eh, eh, it is the sin that you committed. That is why God is not blessing you. Listen to me. I'm not giving you a, a license to sin. But God has gone beyond that. In the process of trying to stand, what happens? You fall. A lot of you have been committing sin in the process of trying to stand. Not be so. But it is the function of the Holy Ghost. To ensure that you stand at the end of the day. What the Holy Ghost is interested in is not you falling. It's not you falling. He's interested in you standing. Some of you are standing already. But 12 years ago you were falling. Not be so. If the Holy Ghost has helped you. That is why we have to look at, the, look at people with the eyes of the Holy Spirit. When you see people struggling. It is not for you to condemn them. To kill them, right? Because once upon a time, you were in their shoes. You see where my mindset is coming from? It's very simple. Stand up on your feet this morning. My time is, is fast spent. So the Spirit helps what? The Spirit helps our infirmity. The Spirit helps our weakness. Somebody came to me some time back. I was telling me the terrible thing he did. And I said, sit down. And I began to counsel him. I was not even, I was not even looking at what he has done. I was looking at the potentials that he has. That the Holy Spirit has given him power to handle. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Time is fast spent. Can't go into the truth about the Holy Spirit. It's going to be some other time. Maybe when I'm opportune to share with you again. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit. I stopped struggling today. I will start flourishing today. Say, I will stop suffering today. I will stop struggling today. I will start flourishing today. Because of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. If you have received the Holy Spirit and you have the evidence of speaking in tongues, I want you to speak in tongues this morning. If you have not received him, you have the advantage now. You have the qualifications to receive him because he dwells inside of you. He says, feel my spirit. Feel my spirit. Feel my spirit. Feel my spirit. Are there things that you are struggling with today? Are there things that you are struggling with? Maybe it's a, there's a habit you cannot stop. The Bible says the Spirit helps our inabilities. The Spirit helps our weaknesses. Yes, there are habits you cannot stop. I don't want to know them. I will not call you out. But let the Holy Spirit handle it. There are infirmities in your life that you cannot deal with. But rely on him, he will deal with them. Rely on him, he will deal with them. In the name of Jesus. There's someone here you've been praying. Say, Father, fill me with your spirit. I want to be able to express the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you are here, I want you to come out. I'm led to pray with you. You've prayed. You have deliberately prayed. You say, Father, I want to express the gifts of the Spirit, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy. If you're here, come out. I want to pray with you. 
You have prayed about it. It's the Holy Spirit. I want to express the gift of the Spirit. Who is that person? Come out. I want to pray with you. Paul talking, he said, the Spirit, the gift of the Spirit is given to the church to profit with town. It's given to the church so that the church will profit. Listen, it is for the benefit of the church if we can all prophesy. It is to the benefit of the church if we can all speak in tongues. It is the benefit of the church if we can all interpret tongues. It is to the benefit of the church if we can all have word of knowledge. Answer. Immediately I released that word. I got a ministration that you should come out. But I did not want to call your name. You came out because the Holy Spirit talked to you. Immediately I received that word. I got a ministration and you were the one. But you don't want to call your name. Pastor Patrick and Kinsley lay hands on them. Impart on them. Impart on them the Holy Spirit. From this day henceforth, God will give you the ability to, to speak. Word of knowledge will flow. Word of knowledge will flow. Word of wisdom will flow. In the name of Jesus. For the benefit of the church. Receive grace. Receive grace in the name of Jesus. From today henceforth, your mouth is open. Your spirit is open. You shall hear the Holy Spirit speaks to you. In the name of Jesus. For the benefit of the church. In Jesus name. Your stomach is filled with ideas from today henceforth you shall conceive divine ideas that will translate into reality in Jesus name receive the grace of God receive the grace of God God is putting in you the desire for spiritual things and you will not struggle anymore it is well with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Give Jesus Christ a big, big hand. Give Jesus Christ a big hand. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real. Influence your world.